Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Two words, everybody. Two little words. Sharknado and Sharknado 2. We will explain. Also, big banking and big tobacco on the broadcast from American Public Media. This is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. Thursday, the 7th of August. Great, as always, to have you with us, everybody. There is no shortage of global geopolitics to report on today. The Obama administration and airdrops of food and medicine to refugees in Iraq. Hamas saying it's not interested in extending the ceasefire in Gaza, which is set to expire tomorrow. And Russia hitting back against U.S. and European economic sanctions over Ukraine with some of its own. A ban on food and agricultural goods from the U.S., the EU, and a handful of other countries. Marketplace's Noel King has more now on how big a deal that might turn out to be. This isn't the first Russian ban on U.S. food. Last February, Russia closed the door to U.S. beef and pork, citing a zero-tolerance policy to additives that are fed to U.S. cattle and hogs. Joe Shealy with the U.S. Meat Export Federation says the beef industry weathered the hit just fine. Even with Russia out of the picture, our beef exports set a record last year of, of more than $6 billion. The U.S. poultry industry still exports a lot to Russia. In the first half of this year, $129 million worth of chicken, mostly chicken legs. That's the dark meat that many Americans don't like to eat. But Jim Sumner, president of the USA Poultry and Egg Export Council, is also not that concerned. If this would have happened 10 years ago or 15 years ago, it would have been catastrophic. But fortunately, our industry these days is far less dependent on Russia. Russia has fallen to 7 percent of the U.S. poultry export market. Sumner says food exporters are used to dealing with changes. Poultry has always been used as a political pawn. Russia, back in the late 90s, we've had chicken used for politics in China as well. Last year, the U.S. exported a little over a billion dollars worth of foodstuffs to Russia. The EU exported 16 billion. But it may be Russians who bear the brunt of the ban. Stephen Pfeiffer is with the Brookings Institution. At a minimum, uh, Russian consumers are going to see a large number of products disappear, and in replacing them, they're likely to see uh, an increase in food prices. He says the Russian government may be shooting itself in the hoof. I'm Noel King for Marketplace. The news of the financial world today comes courtesy of the initials B and A. Bank of America is said to be this close to an agreement with the Justice Department over its mortgage misdeeds in the run-up to the financial crisis. Seventeen or so billion dollars is the figure that's being bandied about, which gets us, after similar deals with J.P. Morgan and Citigroup and a bunch of other banks, exactly where more than five years after the crash. Marketplace's Mark Garrison has that story from New York. When bank settlements get announced, Charles Kenji Whitehead zeroes in on one thing. If you read the statement of facts that get issued, your jaw drops at just how lax some of the internal controls were at these banks. He's a Cornell Law professor and former high-level banking attorney. Bankers made and sold dicey mortgage investments because their bank bonus structures rewarded them for it. And as a result, even when red flags went up... No one slammed on the brakes. Have we actually done anything to address that problem? Not really. Whitehead thinks recent changes on compensation and risk don't do enough. Banks say going further would damage their business, maybe even make it more expensive for regular people to bank. And as far as all those multi-billion dollar settlements, don't forget who really pays the tab. 
We've seen only punishments of shareholders. Jim Sinegal is Morningstar's lead bank analyst. A lot of the executives, a lot of the people making money, making the most money in some cases, are not getting punished at all. Then there's the problem of too big to fail, that taxpayers will get stuck bailing out banks. Dennis Kelleher runs a nonprofit, Better Markets, a Wall Street critic. He takes a dim view of the bank's settlements, saying they should be bigger and more transparent. But at the same time, he's glad regulators told banks this week that their disaster planning doesn't cut it. Rejecting these plans was a tremendous stride on behalf of the American people to get financial reform in place. But of course, rejecting those plans means there still aren't acceptable ones. In New York, I'm Mark Garrison for Marketplace. On Wall Street today, traders seemed geopolitically disinclined to buy. We'll have the details when we do the numbers.